Welcome back to Lane Fans. This is J.P. Gooderham, Managing Editor of FearTheWave.com, and of course, always on Twitter, at FearTheWaveBlog. We're officially back for Episode 3 of Fear the Wavecast. Uh, thank you for everyone who's subscribing and sharing the show. We've got a lot of really good feedback these first few weeks, and I'm excited for the show today as we'll be bringing on Luke Johnson, the beat writer for The Advocate who covers Southern University. He's going to give us some insight on where the Jags were last week when they played ULM, what we can expect out of this team that went 6-5 and five in the SWAC last year, and what Tulane might try to do to adjust to really maximize their potential in this game. And that's the question that is on everyone's minds right now. We have a completely new coach. We have a new system. We have a new-looking program, uh, even down to the jerseys and uniforms. But at the end of the day, the 7-3 to three loss that Tulane endured last Thursday night was a tough one for a lot of Tulane fans to swallow. They saw a much more disciplined team. They saw a team that has a different identity from what we've seen in the past. And in a lot of ways, it seemed like the better team ended up losing. Tulane actually outgained Wake Forest. They had 14 first downs to 10 first downs for Wake. The defense left absolutely nothing open looking at the second half. But at the end of the day, it came down to who could finish a drive. And Wake Forest had the only touchdown in that second quarter. And Tulane was never able to respond. When we look ahead to the game this week against Southern, the home opener always has a few extra emotions. Of course, it's against an in-state team and one that certainly will have fans at the game. But for Tulane fans, I think the key question that all of us are trying to answer this week is how much development can we see from this offense? Like playing any FCS team, it's an opportunity for you to make adjustments, to get some early season practice in. But I think for Tulane especially, we're trying to judge how far can this offense develop in this first year under Fritz. And I'm, I'm guessing we're going to have a few more answers after we look at the tape uh, that comes to us on Saturday. So without further ado, let's move on to our interview here. We're going to talk again to Luke Johnson of The Advocate about Southern. Let's get to it. All right, and we are officially back. We're here to interview Luke Johnson of The Advocate, who of course is Southern's beat writer. He knows Southern better than anybody uh, really excited to have him on the show today. Uh, Luke, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Uh, it's college football season. It's the best time of the year, so uh, I, I don't think I could be going any better than that. We're with you. It's it's great that it's finally back, and we actually have real football to talk about. Uh, one big thing that I was interested in talking to you about today, you know, of course, we're coming off week one. Uh, Southern, looking at their team, has one game under their belt. They played the ULM Warhawks last week, and they'll be doing that tough back-to-back FBS team uh, transition. Looking at that game, it's an interesting story because ULM actually played very close with Southern up until the half where they were leading by two points and then proceeded to let the game get away a little bit. How would you grade Southern's performance last week, and what really contributed to the game getting out of their hands a little bit looking at that second half? Uh, I graded a B plus. I, I think uh, I, I think that that week was was huge for him uh, and, and building up some confidence going into this week against Tulane because uh, you know they, they showed themselves they can they can hang with a, a Division One FBS team. Um, I, I think the only thing that kept them from from getting an A in that game was just some some poor execution uh, at, at different spots in the game that that really kind of made the difference in that game. Um, you, know, you, you look at quarterback Austin Howard, who's a, a three-year starter going into his junior year here, and uh, yeah, the guy normally is uh, yeah, a very, very good quarterback, very efficient quarterback, uh, and, and he just had a he had an off day 
uh, against ULM. He missed some throws that he normally makes, and uh, and, and that really hurt Southern. Um, yeah, they they were able to to you know, do exactly what they wanted on the ground with Leonard Tillery having a huge day. Uh, but you know, the, the the few opportunities they had in the passing game, they could they could cash in on. And uh, and Howard was was really uh, disappointed in himself after the game because uh, you know that really yeah, that could have been the difference. Uh, and uh, they they got down inside the ULM 25 yard line on more than half of their possessions, and they only came away with two touchdowns. And you look at, at Howard's performance there, you he went three for nine for a total of three yards through the air. He got sacked twice, um, and he threw an interception. I, I think, you know, those, those plays he'd obviously like to have back, and uh, and maybe maybe Southern could have been a little bit more competitive. And, and then on the, the defensive side of the ball, I, I think part of this has to do with, with the, the big advantage FBS teams have over FCS teams. That, that uh, you know, Southern really doesn't go – much deeper than uh, than it's, it's starting eleven on the defensive side of the ball. They have some really good players there. Uh, but you can just tell they were getting worn down in the second half. They gave up nine runs of ten yards or longer in the second half. Uh, you know, first play of the scrimmage was a fifty-three yard run by uh, by ULM's quarterback, and that run he gained more yards on that run than he gained in any single game last season. So. Uh, it's just some, some breakdowns that, that led to, to them losing that game, but you know it was a it was a ten point game midway through the fourth quarter. They had a chance to win that thing, and uh, I think that gets confidence going into this week. So just to harp on that point a little bit, I, I think that's one of the things that Tulane fans are, are very interested in because Tulane has now shifted to being being a running focused team under Coach Fritz. Uh, just the quarterback alone last week against Wake had twenty two carries, but looking at the tape of Southern against ULM. One of those factors that I think was a big difference maker is exactly what you said. You know, the ability of the Warhawks to drive some really long runs in that second half. Uh, I think they ended up having an average of 7.1 yards per carry. They had 15 explosive plays total. Has stopping the run, has that been an issue looking at the identity of this Jags defense? Has stopping the run been a problem in the past? Or do you feel like that was more of a byproduct of being worn down and, and just letting the game get away a little bit like you were saying? Uh, it, it, it definitely was an issue last year. Uh, this year, they're running a new uh, defensive scheme. They have a uh, they're using a four-two-five base personnel, which uh, which they think gives them a, a, a good chance of of stopping the run um, on uh, you know, especially against some of these, these spread teams. Uh, puts a lot of speed on the field, and, and they, they've got some playmakers that are starting eleven on defense. Uh, but they're, they're very very concerned. Uh, about Tulane this week because of uh, of what really Fritz has brought in there with the option. Um, yeah, it, yeah, I thought that uh, Coach Odin's about it extensively today. I'll have something in a in tomorrow's advocate about it, but uh, you know, it's like look, you know, Wake Forest had the entire offseason to prepare uh, for the option. Uh, Southern's got three days to try to prepare its players to face that. It's just it's it's so so hard to prepare for a wrinkle like that when you're, you're used to facing these spread offenses or uh, to a lesser extent these post-style off- offenses. And then you've got to go up against a, a team that runs something just completely different from what you're used to. It's, it's hard to prepare for. And, uh, you know, on top of that, you know, they've got some pretty good athletes over there, like uh, Kuyas and 
and a couple of those running backs, it, it, they're just they're really concerned about that. But I think they, they understand that um, you know, if they want to have a chance of coming away with the win, they're going to have to score a lot of points this week because um, I, I think they know that Tulane's going to get there. One last question on the defensive side, because I, I think you hit a really key point there. How do you see the defense adjusting, either from a personnel or even just ter- in terms of the packages they're going to be putting together? Do you see them shifting significantly from their defensive strategy just to try and stop the option? Or what do you think the approach is going to look like there? Well, you know, I, I think they're going, to, they're going to try. I think they have at least a, a, a good understanding from the coaching staff perspective of, of how the option works. Because uh, Doss Snowden spent a lot of time at Georgia Southern, uh, just like Willie Fritz did, and, and you know, they Georgia Southern's been a been an option team long before Willie Fritz was there. Uh, oh, so yeah. <laughs> they have they have uh, yeah they, they have at least on the coaching side they, they have an understanding of of uh, you know, the, the keys of the option offense and the option attack and and maybe. Uh, Ways to slow it down. You know, Dawson wouldn't get to uh, Dawson Odom wouldn't get into any specifics with me, but he, he just you know he's, he's just very worried about how his guys were going to uh, to approach that because um, uh, it's what, what he said is uh, is that you know it, it, that that option attack is one of its best. Uh, one of the biggest advantages in it is its simplicity. You, know, you, you don't have to run a whole bunch of plays, and you don't really have to game plan for for the opponent uh, because you know, it, as long as you're kind of doing what you should be doing, um, you, you just you just like basing your looks off the, the personnel groupings. You're not even worried about blitzes coming or, or any sort of defense packages or whatever. Uh, so that, that's that's the big thing they're they're, they're worried about. It's just uh, you know, guys being in the right spot, uh, and, and uh, you know, I, I think they'll have some trouble with that this week. It's, uh, you know, it's just you've seen it over and over and over again with with uh, your teams having to go up against something they're not used to seeing. It's just it's just hard to get guys in, in that right frame of mind uh, to, to understand what they have to do against that on a weekly basis. So the other element from a game planning perspective is going to be focusing on, on keeping up the two lane. I think is is one option they have, like you said. One name that you mentioned that I think is going to be a big one for two lanes to look for is Leonard Tillery, who is the running back for Southern. He had 168 yards in the ground last week. He's on pace to set the SWAC record for all-time rushing yards. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about Tillery's game and, and what his backstory is? Because it's interesting how he got to where he is right now. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's got a, a really awesome story. And let me, let me just uh, preface this saying uh, that guy is uh, – is just one of the most interesting uh, players I've ever covered. Uh, he's just a very, very bright kid who's had to work for everything he's got. Uh, he came came as a, a walk-on, and uh, and you know, it, it, throughout his his four years here, he's he's had to you know, earn that starting job a couple times. And, uh, and and you know he's not a big guy. He's only about five foot eight, uh, maybe one hundred ninety pounds. Uh, yeah, but he's he's had to he's had to beat out competition from uh, guys transferring over from FBS schools, and bigger running backs, and all that. He's he's kind of emerged at the top of the heap, and, and you know last week he showed why. And the guy said he set the, the Southern school rushing record last year as a junior. 
about 700 yards shy, set the SWAC record. And, and the reason he's able to do that is because he is kind of kind of as close to being the, the complete package as you're going to find uh, at, at this level, uh, the SWAC level. Uh, he runs hard for his size. He's very hard to bring down. He's elusive, and, and he, he can run either inside or outside of tackles. Uh, you know, he's not really a big threat receiving the ball out of the backfield. doesn't have a whole lot of career catches to his name. Uh, but uh, when he's got the ball in his hands, I mean, he's just he's tough to bring down. And, and uh, he's been running behind the same group of offensive line for three years now. And, uh, and you know, they, they kind of just have an understanding for, for where he's going to be and he knows where they're going to be. And, uh, and you know, once he gets uh, past that kind of initial wave, um, you know, he's, he's elusive enough to get away from linebackers and fast enough to run away from corners. So uh, he can cause a lot of, a lot of headaches and, and uh, yeah, ULM had a, a lot of first-time starters on that defense. I'm not sure he's necessarily gonna gonna rip off a huge day against Tulane, considering just uh, some of the very, very good defensive players uh, they have on, on that side of the ball. But uh, uh, but he, he is a handful. He's definitely somebody to watch for. Yeah, and, and on that point, I mean, I think that's going to be maybe the most interesting battle that we're going to see on Saturday is uh, Tulane, you know, especially up front, has a very strong set of personnel on defense. But at the same time, you know, the Jags have a very good running back. One thing I thought was interesting, I was actually reading one of your stories doing my pregame prep today. Uh, you know, the Jags took four sacks on Saturday, but I noticed that, you know, the coaching staff said the problem really wasn't with the offensive line. When you look at their, especially for their run protection, how successful has that offensive line been in the trenches, especially coming up against some bigger bodies? And, and how much do you expect that to be a storyline looking at Saturday? Uh, well, I, I mean, they've been, been really successful. Um, you know, they, they pride themselves on being able to run the football. And, uh, you know, they don't really have a bunch of big guys on that offensive line. I think you, you see that kind of across the slack. It's, you know, they, they aren't able to get the six foot five, three hundred thirty pounders like you'll see at uh, – a lot of the FBS schools, uh, but uh, the, the, the biggest advantage those guys have is they've, they've been playing together on the, the same line for, you know, like I said, three years now. They've got three three-year starters on the interior, and uh, they the two guards, Jamal Bolton and Anthony Mosley, and, uh, and their center, Sorrell Lee. Um, yeah, the offensive coordinator is their offensive line coach, uh, so he knows all their strengths, and, uh, and you know, it's Tillery is just one of a, a, a couple of running backs they have uh, who they really like. Uh, one, one guy who we didn't see last week, uh, but I, I'm expecting Mike get a, a chance to carry the ball a couple times, uh, a freshman named uh, Darby on Profit from Southern Lab. Uh, they won the uh, state title and I think 1A last year. Um, really, really talented kid. Uh, last scrimmage I saw, he had 110 yards and 10 carries. Um, he might factor in there. They've got uh, a couple other running backs who, who uh, you know, had, had some nice games against Joel Uh So, yeah, that's, that's their bread and butter. Uh, but knowing who they're going to be going up against, with, uh, you know, guys like Penzel Spark and some of the other guys in that front four, I, I think that's a, that's a concerning matchup for them. And, and uh, you know, they, they need uh, Austin Howard, the quarterback, to uh, kind of step up his game a little bit. And, uh Maybe spread the ball around a little bit more. Uh, you know, he, he threw the ball to Willie Quinn 15 times last week, and, and Quinn is a uh, absolutely uh, just just a really exciting playmaker uh, when he has the ball on his hands. But 
um, you know, you might need to spread the field around a little bit more because you, know, you can't be kind of a, a one-man uh, army back there in the receiver position. You need some other guys to step up. So you hit some key points here. I mean, we know that they have at least one of the best running backs in school history right now. They've got an experienced offensive line. When the Southern offense slows down, I mean, if we're looking at the second half against ULM or, or some of the losses last year in the SWAC, what's the challenge for them? I mean, is it is it coming from the QB play and just not being able to make big plays to keep the team in the game? What would you say is the, the challenge that this offense faces, especially coming up against tough defensive competition? Well, you know, like I said, everything everything's based off that running game. And if, uh, if, if that gets slowed down for whatever reason, uh, and... and you know, you're forcing them to, to, to put the ball in the air. Um, you know, it's, it's not when they're at their best. I, I think Howard's a really good quarterback. Uh, you know, I've, I've covered uh, a couple different schools now. And, you know, if, that, if that guy was six foot three, he'd probably be playing on a Division One team somewhere. He's just, right. you know, it, 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 he just doesn't have the uh, doesn't have the size to be uh, you know, a big time quarterback. But he's got a really good arm. Uh, you know, he's he's uh, he's, he's uh, Got a commanding presence in their their huddle there. Uh, you know, all those guys are pretty much willing to do anything for them. Uh, but you know, they they need they need to, uh, to be able to play off the running game and have the passing game work off of that. And if the running game gets slowed down, then uh, it, it kind of slows down their offense. And, and that's why I, I think um, you know, if Tulane is able to, to slow down Tillery uh, this this weekend, like I, like I imagine they'll do a better job than Vigil and. If, um, yeah, we, we might see a little bit more of Deontay uh, Shorts, the backup quarterback, a little earlier than we did uh, last week. Came in, I think, the third quarter last week for his first series, uh, and and he's more of a dual threat guy than than Austin Howard is. Uh, yeah, they'll bring him in there and they'll run the read option. Uh, they'll let him make some plays with his legs, and I, I think we might see that uh, a little bit earlier this week. Uh, if, if the run game does get bogged down, just to give him another another wrinkle, another option there. Uh, to, to, to use All right, Luke, this has been awesome insight. I feel like well, you know, really going to the weeds here with the team. This is this is some some really uh, important content for us to be thinking about ahead of this game. I want to go view from thirty thousand feet for a second, though. Uh, you know, Southern's coming off a six and five season in the SWAC last year. They're the first game under their belts. Uh, a pretty promising start against an FBS school. What would you say, at least for the fan base of Southern? Where are they setting their expectations for the team this year? I mean, it seems like they have a lot of veteran guys at this point. Do they see this as a year where they really can take a step forward, or or how do they kind of analyze that situation? Yeah, it, it, those guys were were absolutely disappointed last year in that six five finish. Uh, yeah, they, they were coming off back to back appearances in the SWAC title game. Um, you know, it, a, a lot of the, the key contributors to, to those two appearances uh, were were on the team last year. Um, and, and they were, you know, they were disappointing. Um, and you kind of saw the the upheaval in the coaching staff after the year. They went six and three in the conference last year. Uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a bad year, uh, but you know, it, it wasn't good enough. And uh, they they got rid of their entire defensive coaching staff. Uh, their offensive coordinator is now the offensive coordinator at uh, Jackson State, one of their rivals. Um, you know, they, they just brought a whole bunch of new blood in, and they, they're like, okay, yeah, we're, we're going to go for this again. Yeah, I think you know, the, the Southern the southern fan base will, will kind of understand if, if they drop these first two games. It's, it's expected. You, know, you don't expect them to go in and get a win against that school. You'll, you'll obviously take it if you can, 
but what they're looking for is uh, is for the team to bounce back uh, in the SWAC this year and play for for a SWAC title. Uh, they they have a postseason ban uh, thanks to some APR related NCAA sanctions, uh, so they can't they can't play in like the uh, the, the celebration bowl. It's the, uh, the FCS bowl. The SWAC is able to, to compete in every year, but uh, but they can play for uh, for uh, an appearance in the conference title game. That's still up for them. So that's kind of what they're shooting for this year, and I, I think uh, they have a, a legitimate chance to get there. And probably the, the biggest uh, thing standing in their way is, is their, their rival Grambling, who uh, those guys have like some like 11 Division One transfers this year from schools like Ole Miss, Oklahoma, and uh, Texas Tech, uh, you know, including a couple of guys from Tulane. Yeah, they got, uh, so, they got a couple yeah, hours too. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's going to be uh, it, that's going to be you know, the, the biggest challenge, I think. Uh, that's going to be the hurdle they have to they have to get over uh, at the end of the year. But but I think you know you'll probably see Southern lose to the Tulane on Saturday. I, I think it'd be um, you know wishful thinking to uh, I think they go in there and get a win. Uh, but you know once that those first two. Uh, Games are, are over against FBS teams. Uh, they've got a chance to make some real noise in the slack and be, uh, and be you know, one of, if not the best team. All right. Well, Luke, hey, I really want to thank you for your time and coming on the show to give us that breakdown. Uh, for anyone listening to Fear the Wavecast, you can find him on Twitter at ByLukeJohnson. He's by far the best follow ahead of this game. Uh, really great breakdowns in the team. Luke, thank you so much for coming on. No problem, JP. Thank you. Big thanks again to Luke. That's going to be our show for today. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Obviously, a very exciting matchup. I think Tulane has a great chance here uh, to not only get that first win, but hopefully kind of flex its muscles on offense more than we were able to see in that first game with everyone getting their feet wet for the first time. Of course, that's me coming up Saturday at Yulman. Make sure you're there. Uh, if you're not there, make sure you're following me at Fear the Wave blog on Twitter. We'll keep the updates coming. All right, thanks, everyone. That's going to be our roll wave for today and Beat Southern.